Good morning. It's November 30th. It's a bright and not too cold morning in New York City. And this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. The world reacts this morning to the news of the death of a towering and complicated figure, a man of many contradictions, whose death anticipated for decades came as a surprise nonetheless. I'm talking here, of course, about Shane McGowan of the Pogues, whose body, overloaded with poetic and musical genius and with hideous amounts of alcohol and drugs, gave out at the age of 64. Meanwhile, in other death news, the day arrived that millions and millions of people might have eagerly awaited, if only they hadn't already been killed, as Henry Kissinger finally expired at his home at the comfortable age of 100, rather than being hacked to death with a hoe and thrown in a ditch, tossed still living out of a helicopter, burned to death with napalm, starved in an intentional famine, or subjected to any of the other hideous fates he so cheerfully arranged for so many, many people in so many, many places to be subjected to. Ever able to get what he wanted out of the press, he managed to die in time for the print deadline of the New York Times, but not so early that they could send him off at one go. His obituary begins on page one, with a chin-stroking portrait and the headline, A Strong-Willed Architect of the Cold War Era, consumes a full two-page spread on the inside of the paper, with four separate subsections, and ends on an italicized note, a complete obituary will appear in Friday's editions. This version, long as it is, didn't quite make room for his role as a back channel that the Nixon campaign exploited to undermine the 1968 peace talks, but there are plenty of other atrocities to choose from as well. It's nearly impossible to fit them all in, or even hold them all in the mind at once. Absent a full accounting of his sins, the Times does at least demolish his reputation as a suave ladies' man, noting that despite his public fondling of the actress Jill St. John, she maintained their relationship was platonic, and relaying that one woman who dated him and returned to his small rented apartment on the edge of Rock Creek Park in Washington, with its single bed for sleeping and another that held a massive laundry, reported that between the mess and the presence of AIDS, you couldn't do anything romantic in that place even if you were dying to. The reader may and should extend the image of that dirty laundry metaphorically around the planet. He piled it up in our name, it belonged to all of us, and millions of people suffocated underneath it. The news that Kissinger was finally gone sent me back to Doonesbury from November 10th, 1973, in which the character Fred, in Cambodia, arrives at the rubble of a museum that's been destroyed and asks if it happened during the secret bombings, to which the curator replies, Secret bombings? Boy, there wasn't any secret about them. Everyone here knew. I did, and my wife, she knew too. She was with me, and I remarked on them. I said, Look, Martha, here come the bombs. It's true, his wife says. He did. When we talk about Kissinger's secret bombing of Cambodia, it's essential to remember from whom it was a secret, and for whom it was just an obvious fact. Look, Martha, here come the bombs. In other news, the Pope has evicted the right-wing U.S. Cardinal Raymond Burke from his home in the Vatican, not long after removing Joseph Strickland, the right-wing bishop of Tyler, Texas, from his post as bishop, as people who were drawn to the Catholic Church for its authoritarian vibe discover, to their consternation, that you can't be insubordinate to the Pope. There was a whole thing about this, guys, like 600 years ago. Left you with plenty of other options to choose from. On the campaign trail, the Times reports, in early primary states, Haley is building momentum. A story about Nikki Haley and her progress compared to the rest of the Republican primary field, which manages not to mention a single concrete polling number. 
In diners, gyms, and event halls across New Hampshire and South Carolina, the state she led for six years, voters have recently shown increased interest in Ms. Haley's campaign with a palpable shift in energy, the story says. In New Hampshire, according to the 538 polling averages, that palpable shift in energy currently has Haley trailing Donald Trump 44.7% to 18.9%. In South Carolina, she is behind Trump 49.8% to 20.9%. But in the next column over, the Times reports that Jamie Dimon, the head of J.P. Morgan Chase, is urging people to get behind the Haley campaign, following the lead of the Koch Brothers Network, and joining a newly created Haley Super PAC started by other wealthy interests as the ruling class desperately tries to distance itself from the direct consequences of its past few generations of political activity. Down at the bottom of the page, two reporters, one of whom is Jonathan Weissman, have written another terrible preview piece about the fake debate between Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom. I'm going to go ahead and assume that it was Weissman, the tireless explainer of Real America, who put in the line saying that to be a credible surrogate for Joe Biden... Mr. Newsom cannot come off as an elite West Coast liberal out of touch with the concerns of voters in key swing states far from California, like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia. Even in a made-for-TV spectacle on a billionaire's network, the Times will never stop trying to conjure the mood of the genuine American diner guy. And over on the bottom of the front of the business page, the United Auto Workers announced that they are going after a host of non-union automakers as organizing targets after their success at winning contracts from the big three, because even automotive manufacturer is in the attention economy now. The first target mentioned in the story is Tesla. Before it also gets around to mentioning Toyota, Honda, Hyundai, Nissan, BMW, Mercedes-Benz, Subaru, Volkswagen, Mazda, and Volvo. Companies that just sort of boringly make and sell more cars than Tesla and have deeply entrenched non-union manufacturing in the United States. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And if all goes well, we will talk again tomorrow.